What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I wanted to just throw this in in the beginning. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That really helps our numbers. Check out the merch store at brennantcomedy.com slash merch store to get your ex-drinking buddy merch. And if you really want to, subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash brennantassif. That really helps me out. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. Grab me a beer and grab him a coat. We about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he didn't sober up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brandon Tess, is your ex drinking buddy. I'll put a graphic here in post. Nice. Okay. So we're gonna pretend that it's there. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the program, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It was my favorite thing to do. Hang out with friends, get drunk, do drugs, get in all sorts of trouble, and then reminisce about those crazy stories. I am sober now, but that is still one of my favorite things to do. Hang out with the guest. This week, we have a very special guest, a return guest, the director of my one-man show, Rafael Pariah. I love how you said it like I couldn't remember. I was worried. I was no. Remember. I was gonna say Rafi. You, you were doing so well, and I was like, "Oh man, he forgot my name." <laughs> no, not at all. I was gonna say Rafi because that's what I always call you. But then I was like, "No, do the whole name." So I did hesitate because I was like, "What am I gonna say here?" I ran into. Um, I guess I can say it. it's not bad. Uh, I ran into a comedian Zach Warsaw. You know, uh-huh. I, I ran into him last night with my girlfriend and he goes hey ralph <laughs> <Last> <laughs> night, uh, but he was like so I mean, he was so sweet like he didn't yeah. he, like he didn't know that it's, it's not ralph but but that's the weird thing in new york is we meet so many people and it's like out of sight out of mind yeah. yeah so um you direct hang on i gotta make sure i have this timer on so i don't forget you directed the one-man show that i recently yes. did uh Very proud we, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I wanted yeah. to have you on. We So the show came... I mean, I don't know why I got notes like we were going to take... I know exactly what we're talking about, but... Yeah, it was gonna, It was a little while ago now. Yeah, so we January, recorded right? the end of January, January 30, 30th? Yeah. Got the poster so I can always just look and remember the date. Yeah, um, yeah and... Uh, but the process took us about a year, almost. About, yeah, I think it started basic... Like, you gave me the first draft and... September, yeah, maybe October, yeah, and yeah, I had been working worked. on it. Yeah, you had l- the idea for a while. Yeah, so I had the idea going back to the year before. So I moved here in July of twenty one. Yeah, and then I got the idea around October, November of twenty one, and then we had our first sit down. I think was March of twenty two. Yeah, was a while. Yeah, yeah, because we sat down and talked about it, and then it was a few months before I even got the first draft. Because I didn't realize how difficult it was going to be. I almost forgot. Before we get too far, because you have a project you're working on now, plug everything, let everybody know where they um, can find you. Yeah, you find me on Instagram at Rafa P. Garbo. Uh, I'm hoping to have a show based on a, a true story about a World War II double agent, living a Spanish double agent living in London whose wife got so homesick that she almost sabotaged him and the Allies. Yeah. And he... It's one of those things where you read the story and you're like, this didn't happen. Yep. And then you start reading more and more about it and you're like, this is hilarious. And also, like, we have a 
we have an idea of history of like these people who knew what they were doing and yeah. they succeeded in what they were doing. And it's like these guys They had a plan and they executed it. These guys didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Yeah. And you love doing anyway. you love working on shows where it's like this there's no way that this was actually real. Right. Because that was yeah. my show too. When I was telling yeah. you some of the stories, you were like, No way. And I love the line between comedy and drama where it's like, Is this funny? I think it's funny, but the audience is like Oh, that could be really bad. Yeah. <laughs> Which again was that's something that's that we related that we yeah. had in your show as well. But like I love that line where it's like funny but it's also it's it's not funny in that like way that's like but um Yeah. It's, it's funny not slapstick. in the way that's like this is so real and this person instead of doing the the thing that you would expect did the funny thing. Yeah, it's funny because of the misdirect, but yeah. it's not the misdirect itself isn't you're like as but it's sincere yeah it's like not it's not like they did it to be funny like that's what cracks me up about this story is like she she wasn't trying to sabotage them because she was like hoping to sabotage yeah them. she was so homesick she just wanted to go a home terrible situation yeah. that this was her only way but it's like kind of funny that world war Two hangs in the balance of this couple who kind of can't get their shit together like to me that's classic hilarious yeah 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 so i wanted to have you on like we were talking about earlier so we i came to you let's give the listeners kind of the full rundown because i've mentioned it obviously several times but i kept i knew that eventually i was going to have you on so i was like i don't want to tell the whole story until you come on um and it fits in perfectly with obviously the theme of the show because my podcast is a the, the one man show is just a dramatic version of my life on what we talk about on the podcast Yeah. with when I, what I normally talk about with other people is just kind of my version. So it's basically like if I had myself on the show, what yeah. would that look like? And yeah. so I moved to New York and comedy was not going great uh, when I first got here and I had ran into you at a couple mics. You were on an yeah. earlier episode of the show when I first got here. Um, check that out. You talk about going to clown school in Paris, yeah. you know, do, growing up in uh, much more drinking centric. Yeah, much more. Yeah, yeah, much more you drinking centric. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but I, I was having a lot a really hard time as far as just getting things off the ground when it came to stand up. And I had a few friends that told me like I had mentioned the one man show to them and happenstance I ran into you I think at a mic and I was like we should get coffee sometime not even thinking about anything I was just like we should hang out because I hadn't seen you since the podcast and then I ran into you at a mic and you're like yeah let's get coffee let's hang out yeah and as we were sitting there I had mentioned I was like yeah I think I'm gonna have to do my thing as a one man show because this isn't really working and your eyes like lit up and you were like what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And we went back and forth at that coffee shop in Chelsea for like two hours. Yeah. I had an idea that you, you would need someone to put parameters on the show. Yeah. Cause I had no idea what I was doing. I literally yeah. wrote the script on like a word you, document. Cause I yeah. was like, I don't, but like you had a great story and you, you had a sense of like, you knew how to tell a great story. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the problem. The, what I could see with like that was that you had, you had this great story and you needed someone just to bounce it, you yeah. know, to make sure that like you keep it here, you keep it there, you keep it, um, not focused, but linear and, um, but when we had balanced. to keep it within boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that was my biggest problem was I, when I sent you the first script, 
and this was hilarious. It was like 30,000 words or 25,000 words. And it was so long. It was like yeah. 30 pages. It was so long. But it was also less um, like in the my vision for it was that it would be like a movie. Yeah. Which I think it was like it was seen, seen, seen. Yeah. And that's exactly what we did. And so that's how we like that's how I. But I also thought like I was like, you're going to want to have the right person and someone that you can trust and who knows stand up to get this right. Yeah. And that's it was awesome because you were like, all right, I'll give you a few months to do the first draft. Yeah. And I was so excited about it. I went home that day and I wrote a ton and then I just kept writing and writing and writing. And then by October, I had sent you the first draft. So it was like two or three months. Yeah. And I we probably kept like 5% of that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, because that was the thing was what yeah. I was trying to do was I, I had all these bits because as a, I'm a storyteller on stage with stand up. So I had all these bits and that's the whole origin of even doing the one man show. Yeah. And that's what you and I focused on was like, all right, well, you have all these stories that you tell. Well, why don't you just tell those in more depth and more detail and yeah. really get into them? And so I had forced in the first script. I had forced in like all these bits like the scar story and all these different things where we were trying to make it make sense. Yeah. And we wanted, well, I mean, we I think I was to trying to make through. it make sense. And then yeah. you went through and you were like, well, yeah, like we don't need this. I'd rather you elaborate more on this yeah. and just kind of fixed it. Yeah. And then what was interesting to me, like post, cause we only performed well, you only performed the show twice, but like in, in front of an audience. Yeah. But what was interesting was like, once we had an audience, we had things where it was like, oh, the audience is kind of interested in this thing. Like, mm -hmm. um, well, I don't know spoilers, but well, whatever, <laughs> whatever. I'll tell. But like, yeah. So like, there's a everyone there's here. A I mean, it's open on Patreon, so yeah. most people listening have probably seen. And if it. not, they should go and see it. Yeah. Um, so there's a moment where you talk about um, like reaching like a pinnacle of your depression, and you're drinking and watching Burn Notice yeah. on the phone. And I didn't realize until the second show, I was like, this would be a great moment for you to have like a few minutes just to talk about how much you love Burner. Because you texted me that. You were yeah, like, you should like think next, of like five like minutes. I could tell the audience was like a little, it wasn't that they were uncomfortable, but it was like a very heavy section, yeah. you know, and it was a very depressing image, but it would almost have, like, it was almost like they wanted you to take them there. Like it was the minute you were like, I was watching Burn Notice. Everyone, like people kind on of a giggled tiny phone on a screen, tiny phone. Yeah. yeah, and like it was just really interesting because in a way, that's also the journey is that, and hopefully this will be what happens when you get it to a festival, when you get it to longer performance run, is that there's audience tells you where they're interested. Yeah, and they'll tell you like they'll start giggling a little bit like, oh, Burn Notice. And then it's like, oh, it's like the door is opening. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like we had we had just kind of created those little part. Like we did it enough where it was like it was as short as we wanted and it was as clear as we wanted. But then we have breathing room. Yeah. And so now I think when you go back, like we'll have you'll have breathing room. Yeah, because that was the thing was doing it. So we. We get into the, the lab, as it were, Yeah. and you send me back the script. Or no, we met, and you were yeah. like, this is what I think we should do yeah. as far as the script. Because we ended up changing because at first it was a, you know, from being a kid up until I got sober. Yeah. And then we moved it around on your behest, which was a genius idea, which was to take, why don't we do it like a jumping in time kind of a thing? 
yeah. where you're telling the story, but it's not a linear as far as like the actual timeline. Yes, yes. We jump back and forth, which actually ended up being way better, well, in my it, opinion, yeah. because it was just. It was one of those things where it's not like, well, Brennan's standing here right now, so we know how the story's going to end. Like, to like jump from trying to commit suicide to then jumping to trying to get sober to then jumping yeah. to spending all this money. It was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I think it, it also makes a clarity of, like, I don't know. I think you give away the... If you go too far in the beginning, you almost give away the ending. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because we I didn't even talk about my childhood and stuff. We had I when I originally wrote the script, it was like three pages. It was like yeah. growing up. And we boiled all that down into one paragraph at the very end. Yeah. But I think it worked better because it, it worked way better. Yeah. Well, I remember asking because I went out for dinner with a few people afterwards and like my main questions were like, Were you ever bored? And the answer was no. Which is to me like the most important yeah. thing. It's like if if the and I and I could feel it when we were in the show that people had strong emotional reactions to it, but they were never bored. Mm -hmm. They never felt like what am I, you know? Like, yeah, like what? what come on, let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, and that's the most important to me. Like as a basic building block, is like, are they are they focused? Are the audience focused? And um, so that was like a big success. And then the other thing was like. That it was comedic, but it was very, it was a serious piece. Mm -hmm. um, so it's more, it's for everyone listening, if you haven't seen it, it's more of a dramatic piece yeah. with elements of comedy in yeah. it yeah. versus a comedy piece that has elements of drama. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's a serious story. Yeah. I mean, it's a serious topic. I mean, that's yeah. what the, my whole life has kind of been since getting sober was trying to help other people get sober by sharing like kind of what I went through. Yeah. And the fun thing probably my favorite thing out of the the whole experience wasn't even like doing the show itself it was doing the read through yeah because i you were there obviously your girlfriend yeah, Alyssa, Alyssa came yeah Alyssa, yeah and then um my buddy matt uh Fragerberg, who's been on the show and then matt fulcheron who's been on yeah. the show like uh, all friends they all came to like kind of like see the run through so i had matt i had matt Fragerberg come because he's a he's a legit one of my very good friends, and he's a very good actor. So I was like, I need you to come to kind of help me with the acting portion of yeah. like what I need to do as far as just like blocking and stage presence, things yeah. like that as far as acting. And then obviously I had Full Charge come because he's one of my best friends and he's a comic. So I was yeah. like, I need you to tell me if the funny, the parts that I think are funny are funny. Yeah. So I basically, because it is a little bit of drama and a little bit of comedy, I basically had two of the people I know who are the best in that arena come. Yeah to like check out the comedy and then the drama. Yeah. And my favorite part though, was we did the, the read through everything went really well. I got great feedback, got a lot of notes, but you brought Alyssa. Yeah. Alyssa. Yeah. And yeah. she was crying. Yeah. She was very moved. And I, to me, that was like, Oh, so there's, I honestly, we were so embedded in it. I know I talked to you about this a lot, obviously. Yeah. And I know you shared some, some of the same. I mean, you weren't as worried about it because you were from an outsider's perspective looking in on the story. And you were like, this is a good, this is a very good, good yeah, story. I was very happy with it. But I was so worried because it was my story that I was like, wait, is anybody going to give a shit? That's about what we're saying or what I'm saying? Because I sometimes can get wrapped up in this whole idea of like, Comedy's bigger than anything like it's the most important thing like art is the most important thing because it challenges the status quo and I get so wrapped up in that that I'm like wait does anybody even care what I'm fucking talking about that stuff is completely unimportant 
I, well, and that was yeah. You were like, very much it like, like it doesn't. And but w- to see Alyssa crying, Liz, I was yeah, like, Liz, yeah, th- yeah. She, that, she's like, yeah. I think she was very moved by. It. I mean, it's a very it's like it's an intense story. And if you don't like, I don't think I gave her. I didn't give Alyssa enough. Like, you know, I don't always like give her the full story because I wanted her to see it. Am I saying it wrong? Yeah, Alyssa. Lissa. Yeah. I always yeah. want to say Alyssa. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. My Lissa. <laughs> Your Lissa. <laughs> but yeah. For the audience listening, my ex fiance's name is Alyssa, uh, which is why it's so easy oh, for me to slip bad. into that. Yeah, yeah. But I think Lissa. Those moments. This is why I didn't say hi to her on the train when I ran into her. <laughs> this is exactly why. She said to say hi. Um, so. <laughs> That's such a weird thing in New York. She walked on and I go, though. That's Rafi's girlfriend. And I was like, yeah, I know she it was is. like, I know that guy. I don't remember. Like, she was like, I know him. Because it's been so long. Like, yeah, the last yeah. time I saw her was at the show, and that was yeah, six yeah. months ago. I think she was more worried that she, you wouldn't write. Yeah, anyway. So, no. So, what I was saying, like, I wasn't worried about audiences connecting to you. Mm-hmm. I was more I was more worried that because we were so close to it and because it was a kind of longer piece that there would be sections that didn't add up. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. Because I, I wasn't worried about people connecting to it because I felt like we left enough Easter eggs in there Yeah, that like people were like, oh, that will be interesting. Mm-hmm. And like we, t- Fuzzy, we all know it's a great story. That's I appreciate it. That's like, but I felt like the way we were dealing with it, we were we were kind of following the rules, mm-hmm. which is that we went into detail, like we had specific details. Yeah. And the details are always kind of funny because they really make it, they really make it feel alive. Mm-hmm. And we, um, we kept the balance between like, oh, okay, this is funny, this is funny, this is really serious. Now we got a funny story. Yeah. So I wasn't, I wasn't too worried about people. Yeah, about people connecting to it. I, I was, I was most worried about when you do a piece of work like that even if there's two of you and you get in real close, sometimes when you take a step back and everybody who's seeing it is seeing it from a step back, Mm -hmm. there's stuff that like, because you're so close to it, you just didn't see a really obvious thing. Yeah. And I mean, the opposite is also true where there are certain things that we worked so hard on. Yeah. And then when I set them in the show in the moment, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't land. Yeah. And then there are other things like the burn notice thing that it was just kind of a throwaway. Like, yeah, that's when my cousin found me. That's what I was yeah. doing was watching burn notice. And then when we did it at the show, people were like, wait, what? Yeah. And they, yeah. Like really like, and I was like, so that it was just, yeah, that was one of those examples of something where we were like, okay, I wanted that detail. And yeah. it's an obscure, weird detail. And it, dates you but it also like set it was also it's just well, an also because it's not like i'm watching goodfellas on a big screen no, no, tv exactly. i'm watching burn notice on a tiny phone yeah exactly so it was definitely one of those things where if anyone's ever if anyone's ever seen someone doing that like doing shots watching a small like watching their Your phone small screen yeah like, watching a show that's like i think not, it, i mean i don't want to insult burn notice but it's not like it's not a, it's not the soprano yeah it's not the wire yeah, yeah exactly like it's, but so it's it, those d and it was fun because every time i would tell you a story and we recorded all of our sessions because every time i would tell you a story you'd be like so wait what happened tell me what happened yeah and then i would explain it to you because as an orator i'm very good about going into detail and things like that yeah. and then you would go okay write it just like that just yeah, like yeah, you yeah. told me write it 
Yeah. And because a lot of times what would happen is when I would get on the computer and this is yeah, something going to write mode. Yeah. You pointed this out to me is and I've, I've other people have told me this on my sports podcast. We do the walk offs, which is like a little essay about something. And people go, well, when you talk, you're so passionate. Yeah. But when you are reading what you wrote, it sounds very much like a right. Like someone yeah, just wrote you did it. it for school. Yeah. 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 And so that was something that it was difficult for me to because in the show, I've obviously editing it. And then Joe Dorville, shout out. He's the one who edited the like the show together yeah. and then watching it and clipping it and doing all that stuff myself. It's one of those things where I've seen it so many times that it's like second nature. I can tell where I'm reading the script. Yeah, oh, that's like in my head and I can tell when I'm talking to the audience, which that's is something really that you and I spoke about. Like we were going to have to do the show a bunch of times to get over to that. Get that. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are certain parts where I'm just talking. It's the it is the script. It's what I wrote. But it also I'm just saying it you're because that's how I would yeah. say it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You're just in the moment. And then there are certain parts where it's like, oh, you can tell I wrote this because I'm trying to be like very like. That's what happens though. the first few. Like once you get off book, you get. That takes time. Yeah. It takes a lot of time. Which is what we're working on now is, yeah. and what I've been trying to work on is getting it in somewhere because I put it up on Patreon. I wanted to get it out there for anybody who wanted to see it. That's great. And I put it behind the paywall so that way I can still submit it to yeah. things. But the hardest thing now has been like trying to get, because I have the finished well, yeah. the finished product online, but yeah. it's not anywhere, like no one can see it unless they pay for it. Can you get... um? Like the smaller festivals, like I think. So I, that's what I have to start doing is yeah. I have to start submitting because the problem that I ran into was I was so focused on the Patreon release and I went on all these podcasts to promote it. And so one yeah. of the podcasts I went on, very good friend of mine, Natalie Cuomo, the clip that she posted of just the our interaction on her show got like over 1.1 million views. Amazing. Didn't translate. Didn't translate. But you know what? Like you'll get. I think this show would kill in festivals yeah like i think it, it really needs to go to festivals and it, it needs you to do it 5 10 20 30 times and it will it will really build its audience that way because it, it needs to be how was the feedback like from friends and family like how so this know, is something we I haven't want, really spoken because we haven't anything. spoken no uh, the yeah. last time i saw you yeah. was we said goodbye at the show and then you went to go get dinner with your friends and yeah. i went to go get dinner with my friends and that was kind of the last time we seen, yeah, interacted seen properly, yeah. yeah um so it was interesting so anybody listening to this i probably already talked about it so and this is no shade towards anybody, but the feedback was fantastic. Great. My twin sister came out and she gave me a hug and she was just crying and like walked away. So I turned to her husband and I was like, like, what's wrong? Is she OK? And he was like, she's just so proud of you Aww. and the show. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. The only not even negative feedback, but the only feedback I got, ironically, was from my parents because of the fact that watching and i didn't understand it until my twin sister who has two kids explained it to me she goes brennan no matter what happens if my daughters told a story like that i would feel bad as a parent okay I'll just, so yeah. yeah so i understand completely why you know my parents felt a, some sort of way about it i mean yeah. i get it because i'm up there in front of you know 50 people talking yeah. about all these struggles i went through and it's to no fault of anybody's because I didn't ask for help. I never asked anybody for help. Right. I was like, I'm just going to fucking sit and suffer in silence. And, and I think so that's also the point of the show is to like 
show people that it's okay. You need, yeah, you should you ask can. for help. Yeah. You can ask for help. Yeah. And so it wasn't even negative feedback. It was just, you know, my dad was a little upset about it, Of course. which is yeah. un- now hindsight, like I said, completely understandable. Um, and we've since talked about the show. Okay. We, we've, we talk, we talk once a week. We've talked about it. Do we've, you feel it's changed. Like it's made the relationship more. Open? I think it's made the relationship much more open and a That's lot good. stronger because That's it's one good. of those things where in the, and I, again, looking hindsight, yeah. looking back on it, I completely understand. Like if someone went up there and basically like if an ex-girlfriend went up there and basically talked about all the bad stuff that she went through and I'm supposed to be like her boyfriend or protector. And I was yeah. like, Oh, I had no idea. Like I'd be kind of mad too. Yeah, be, it would be rough. But I do think that there's an element of like healing that can happen. That's exactly, well, yeah. that can, that's exactly what did happen yeah. was, um, it took a couple of weeks, but then we started talking again. Cause you know, obviously as an artist, I'm sensitive and I was very defensive cause I was like, yeah. well, what do you mean? Like, this is crazy. And then, we actually talked about it on the phone. I was like, well, I hope you understand. Like, this is what I was trying to do. And he was like, yeah, now, you know, removed from it, I completely understand. And it was a great show. And I'm very proud of you. It's awesome. Yeah. And so it all ended up it working out. It was just kind out. of a bit blindsided. Yeah. It was just, yeah. Because, yeah. well, and that's the other thing, too. And I wanted to bring this up as a lot of my, not a lot. There's not a lot because there's not a ton of support. Everyone says they want to support until it's time. And then they're like, oh, I'm busy. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, always I just wanted you to repost something. But, um, uh, some of my friends were reposting like the clips that I've been putting yeah. out and they're like, check out my buddy's standup show. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Well, yeah. Cause some of those are really fun. Like they're just like, you know, some of the clips are very funny. Yeah. The most Florida sentence anybody could ever say. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, don't, don't, cause obviously I've, I understand social media to the point where I know like, even if everyone puts it up, maybe but you know five percent of people will tr- click the truth on it. Is but like even people I think who came along and were hoping for like a stand-up show or were expecting a stand-up show, which was like a few people in the audience. I don't think they were um, like. I, I it, it hits a little deeper than yeah. you know forty minutes of material. Yeah, and that's the um, other thing too is that it was a very, I was very open and vulnerable in it. Yeah, so. yeah, I, mean, I cried on stage. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it was interesting to see two shows in one night as well, like the difference, because it felt like the first one was almost tearing off the Band-Aid. Yeah. And was like kind the first of one very was emotional, rough. was yeah. very intense. Well, because my family was in the audience too for the first one. Yeah, and it was like a um, thing, and it was like the second one, you were like able to have a bit more fun with it. Mm-hmm. You were like finding stuff within it. It was a little more of a slightly later crowd. Everyone was drinking, which was yeah, fun. Yeah, like it was a bit more like it was a bit more relaxed. Yeah. Um, and I kind of felt like I was like, oh, yeah, if you got like 10 of these in like Asheville or, you know, like a small town where you don't really know anyone, but you can like just get do a, it. Get yeah. a fringe venue, get 15 to 40 people in. You did two weeks of that. Like by the end of the first week, you like you'll sell out. People yeah. Will come. Well, people put will it like, on Broadway, baby. Yeah. Like the thing is, like New York is always tough to get people but if you do like those fringes people talk yeah like, people talk and they and also it gives you the opportunity to do it without the new york lens yeah and that's the other thing really too cool. is that was probably one of the hardest things was so i don't even know if you i think you know this because I, I kind of every step of the way i was you and i were keeping in very close contact but i reached out to like 
reviewers. Oh yeah, they and all this kind of stuff. Like I reached out to a ton. So first, when we first started putting the show together, I reached out to theaters, and that was kind of a dead end because they're like, "Oh, send us a sample of the script. Send us this. Send us that." And yeah. I was like, "I'm a comic. Like I type this on Word. Like I don't know what you're <laughs> yeah. asking for." Yeah. And then it's actually been a lot easier having the finished product to send to places because if they go send us a sample, I'll send you the whole fucking show. Like yeah, you can watch the whole for, thing. You'll Edited, see like, like if you can get on fringes, probably it'll probably be 2024 now. Like yeah. in some spring, summer next year, like you'll like, you'll get into good festivals and you'll have like a 45 minute to an hour show that will like, will people Do well, will be yeah. really interested to see it yeah um yeah because that was the hardest thing was the new york lens was this whole idea of like and i mean it all worked out the producers club was awesome because he was, was just like theater. you just give us the money and you get the theater because we were talking to some other places and they were like all right well it's some of but them were, were like seventeen hundred dollars yeah and i was That's bringing an audience so it was like yeah. i don't really care where it is and it was i mean it was a blast to do but the 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 probably like i said the the craziest thing about all of it and this is something that you've always kept front of mind for me was it doesn't like we did the show the show was over i had joe edit it obviously he put it all together i'm very proud of it i put it out on patreon so if anybody wants to watch it they can but i still have the show so like i can submit to festivals i can i can you know, if I, you know, there's an influx of money or if someone watches it. I would also it and, say it's the first step. Like, you, yeah. you do this, then you start working on the next show. Yeah. Well, and it's also is- awesome, too, because, like, if someone watches it and then they're like, hey, I really like the show. I'd like you to do it. I'll fight. I'll back it financially. That's amazing. Then it's, yeah. but, and it's there is yeah, the cool exactly. thing. It's like I have it. It's like it's like when you're a comic and you put together your first, like, tight five. Yeah. And you're like, all right, well, I have I have something. Yeah. You're always going to have that. Yeah. And like, yeah, I guess what I was going to ask, what I was interested in is like looking back on the project, because now I've kind of been, I'm like, and you always are as a creative when you work with other people, which is exactly what you should do. But how did you feel about the way I was um, like putting the boundaries on the show or what I was interested in versus what you were interested in? So I found it very, um, to be honest, I found it like a relief. Oh, interesting. Because it was one of those things where, because all these things happened to me, and yeah. it, they were my stories, I didn't know up from down. Like, I didn't know. Interesting. Like, the Scar story, I was kind of hell-bent on putting in there. Yeah. And then we sat down, and because I, I had it in the first, like, three drafts. Yeah. And then when we sat down, you go, listen, man, I, I know you probably don't want to hear this, but we don't, this doesn't fit. And yeah. I was relieved because I was like, thank God, because I could tell it didn't fit. But yeah. because it's one of my favorite stories to tell, I thought I ha- I thought it had to be in there. Interesting. And with you being like, no, man, it just it doesn't work. I was like, yeah. oh, good. It can kind of. Yeah, I do think sometimes having those parameters on stuff like does kind of free you a little bit. Yeah, it, it, make it makes it easier to be yeah. like, OK, this is where we're at. Yeah. And that was the other thing, too, was um, because you and I did well, the one thing we probably did actually butt heads on because I just didn't understand the process was the release of the show. Yeah. Because you were very, and obviously as the audience has been listening, you're, you're very much, you know, you are a theater person. You, you study theater, you know, you, yeah. you do shows. So you were like, I remember when we were first talking about it, it was almost like a throwaway thing. I was like, yeah, I'm going to have a video crew film it. And you go, Oh, that's a good idea. So then you could submit it. I wouldn't put it out though. And you just said it like, Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember that because in my head as a comic, I was like, 
no, we're doing all this work for that final product. Yeah. But as a theater person, you were like, oh, no, the, you film it just so you can like have it. Yeah. But that's not the final product. But also I was like, you're not you're not going to feel this is the final product till you performed it maybe 20 to 40 well, times. And I haven't even, it's just kind of crazy. Cause yeah. it's like, and I haven't performed it since, but I still, I still completely see why it's not the final product. Yeah. But at the time I remember being like, what are you? Cause I called my buddy um, in Jacksonville and I go, I think I've made a terrible mistake with doing a one man show. And he goes, what do you mean? I go, well, I've put all this money into it. And my director made the point that he's like, Oh no, we still have to like keep performing it. And my friend was even like, well, yeah, obviously you have to keep doing it. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, what? Uh, like, I felt bamboo. Yeah. I was like, wait, no, this is the thing. Well, because I think you thought, oh, if I got the script, that's it. Like, if I had the I script, honestly thought if like, I had the script and filmed it, it was over. Yeah, yeah. But, like, to me, I'm like, oh, you're going to have nuances where it's like, you know, same. Like, I knew that burn notice thing would come up. Not that. Yeah. But I knew something like that would come up where it's like, oh, actually, I could write three minutes here mm -hmm. and I can like make this funnier and make this funnier and like really go into detail and like five minutes on burn notice might not work at an open mic but in this specific place with these specific like uh, emotions mm -hmm. it might kill yeah because with everything going on to yeah. go into like a you five minute you deep don't get dive. that until you've done it two or three times and the audience kind of makes it clear of like oh we need a little bit yeah we need a bit of love in here we need a bit of this here we need a bit of that here or this and that was clear. yeah something i had no idea yeah. about but i mean as far as the process that yeah. was the only thing where i was like kind of like wait what yeah that was I mean, because we, what you were asking earlier was having someone else work on it with you what was that like and like yeah. i like i was telling the audience and i've talked about it before especially with you was like it was very it was a big relief and it was very freeing almost yeah. to be be given like these are the boundaries that's interesting. It's yeah. very freeing because you're like, okay, I can do whatever I want as long as I stay within these boundaries. Yeah, because I guess we did that as well, like physically, like we just had you standing up. Yeah, so that was another thing I wanted stand. to tell the audience about. So I'm very, I mean, anybody listening knows this, but I'm very high energy. I run yeah. around, I move around yeah. a lot. And during the show, it took us probably 10 rehearsals yeah. to try and figure out what we were going to do. And then towards the end of rehearsing, I had bought the mic stand. Um, I bought like a little script stand. Like I did all yeah. the, I bought all these things. And we were trying to figure out towards the end, like towards the, the show time, how we were actually going to do the stage, like yeah. blocking yeah. and stuff. I and remember that rehearsal. Yeah. Yeah. Because I kept taking the mic out and I was like, you when know, moving to, like, around and stuff. And yeah. Yeah. Like and then you were like, hey, how about you just, he goes, you were like, try to just leave, just leave the mic in the mic stand and let's try it that way. Because we were trying it like a hundred different yeah, ways. Yeah. And I remember I did that and I was, I looked at you and you kind of looked at me and I go, oh, I think this is how the show should go yeah because it kept me on a leash like i couldn't yeah. distract the audience with like my verbose like hey. i remember you feeling actually yeah like surprisingly freer because you were like caged almost yeah you so know what i mean yeah and it was one of those things where i could focus just on what i was saying and the acting yes, points yes yeah i didn't have to worry about like the movements and stuff because yeah. that's another thing or what too. you're doing with the mic or what you're not yeah. doing with the mic. yeah yeah that's another thing too that i didn't realize in acting is the pauses and stuff because as a yeah. comic i've been doing comedy for so long that i i kind of know how the timing works yeah as far as when i'm saying things and even i still get it wrong all the time like i've done shows before at like bigger clubs where i'm nervous and a friend will come and like my buddy scott uh, who's been on scott sandlin has been on this podcast a bunch but he'll come to the shows yeah. and sometimes like after my first joke he'll get up from his seat and he'll walk like kind of like 
indiscreetly, like kind of incognito to the stage and he'll go slow down, slow yeah, yeah. down. Because if it's especially if it's a big club, like I'll get nervous and I'll just be like, so I've been arrested eight times. And these are yeah, the yeah. lessons I've learned from getting arrested. Yeah, And you don't feel like you want to like I want to get to the punchline yeah, faster. Yeah. And that was something that. You taught me, and then obviously uh, Matt uh, Fagerberg, who was the actor, my actor buddy who was helping us out, was you can sit in it for a second. Yeah. And do you want to hear the funniest thing about that whole process? Yeah. So we did that, and there were times where I was like really sitting in it and stuff. And then my editor, uh, the editor Joe, when Joe edited it, he was like, yeah, a lot of those long pauses I cut out because they were taking too long. And I was That's like, true. On film, it doesn't work. Exactly. And I was like laughing. So, And obviously, he's very good at what he does and he knows what he's doing because he could see that on, on the screen, it didn't work. But in the room, yeah. it did. Yeah, yeah. No, it's really weird sometimes. Like if you watch a play or something that's been filmed, sometimes the timing is all fucked up. Or music as well. My dad was saying that, like with music, in the like if you have like a live performance, sometimes you'll be listening to it and you're like, this is really slow. Yeah. Um, or like you'll be watching it and you're like, this is really slow. But if you were in the room, that was the rhythm of the room. Yeah. Like exactly. Well, and especially needed. on the first show, because yeah, like I was looking out into the crowd and you see people crying and stuff, and it's like, yeah, all right, it was let's a very, hold it here. That was like yeah. a very, yeah. It it just like it has like. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with stand-up because I tell people this all the time. There are shows that I filmed that I thought I crushed, and then I go back and watch it on, and I did in the room, but like, you know, the audience isn't mic. There's a whole bunch of different factors. And you go back and watch it, and you go, oh, this just seems like an okay set. But I was there. In the room, it was great. Yeah, exactly. I've had that as well. And it's the same kind of thing. Yeah, with with it's the same thing, obviously, with putting something that's supposed to be whether it's stand-up or a one-man show or even a play like Hamilton yeah. or something, putting something that you're supposed to watch but live. But that's why those things take like 10 or yeah. 15. But even then, like, I, yeah, if you watch it on screen, it doesn't always translate. It's, yeah, and it's it's hard because you can't feel the energy of the room. Yeah. So, like, when I cut it, when uh, Joe, because Joe cut the initial batch of clips, and now I'm cutting the clips, but there are certain clips where I'm, like, crying in the clip. Yeah. And when you watch it just as a clip, you're like, oh, this is kind of like, it almost is awkward. Yeah. Because there's no context to it. Yeah, I can understand So it's like, that. why would Brennan just post a, well, a clip I'm of him sure. crying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's yeah, weird. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. But yeah. but it's one of those things where it's like, oh, no, if you watch it in the context of the show, it yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah, and also, the audience has their own rhythm. Like, they feel, if it's more serious or more comedic or more whatever they have a rhythm that they need you to mm-hmm. you know to live in um and on film like i don't know what that rhythm is and sometimes yeah sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't yeah like, well that's the other thing too is that it's the the audience in the room dictates how i am responding to them yeah yeah which yeah. is not how people watch stuff no it's i mean you know people are watching it while they're doing the dishes and then they're going to be like why is this guy crying? Well, it's also, yeah, it's interesting. Well, because it's a different experience, isn't it? Watching yeah. something on TV and then watching it. Well, and I even notice it here. I would much rather go out and watch stand-up live because I'm obsessed with comedy and still am. And it's yeah. weird because as long as I've been doing it, I meet people who are the same timeline as me and they go, no, I haven't watched someone set in forever. But yeah. like, I still like to watch it. So I will... I and It's so interesting with YouTube and Netflix and everything. It's like, why wouldn't you just watch the specials? 
Like if you yeah. if like if I'm, one night I'm sitting at home and I go, man, I really want to see some comedy. Why wouldn't you just turn it on your TV? Is I'm like, because that's not how it's supposed to be consumed. The truth is as well is like it's rare that you feel this. Like when you're in the room, yeah, it's a different energy. Yeah, there's so much more uh, connective tissue in the room. Yeah, and I've seen there's like certain comedians that I'll I love on uh, in real life, and then I see them on film, and it, ah, it just doesn't, doesn't work. translate. Yeah. yeah, it just doesn't, and it's it's. It's because the energy of the room works different. Yeah. Um, well, and that's the other thing, too, with the, with the show, and that's something I've come to appreciate was when I first moved to New York, I, I, you know, I'm still really bad at social media, but I was almost against it when I first got here. Yeah. And then now with how much it's actually changed my life with Hannah Burner putting me on her stuff and all oh, this. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and I'm, I, it's kind of been very impactful. So I'm like, man, I really need to dive in with this social media. Like I need, in the past six months, like I got Adobe Premiere. I taught myself how to cut clips oh, and all this. Like I've been actually doing a lot of work towards it. That's awesome. And, and it is, but at the end of the day, like especially when it comes to the show that we did, it's like I'd rather do this in a room Oh, then yeah. just put it up oh, online. Yeah, yeah. But you're building your audience to yeah. get you to get into that room. That's what. And you that's want. the other thing too is it's like a chicken or the egg. It's like, yeah. well, you can't perform in the room until you get an audience, but you can't get an audience until you're performing in rooms, so you can cut it's clips to yeah, get the audience. Crazy. Yeah, it's that it's, whole yeah that whole thing. It's a scam. Confused, I'm telling confusing you, confusing me. But <laughs> yeah, so how did you? I have a question. Um, how did you feel like the week after the show? Was it was there was there like a lull? Did you feel like because we worked so hard in the run yeah. up, and then when you've actually done it, sometimes like I I sometimes feel great and I sometimes feel terrible after those. Things. I felt after the show, I felt it was weird because leading up to the show, I kept because I was obviously Savannah and I had broken up and I was in the yeah. middle of the move at the same time yeah. into this apartment, and I remember thinking, because at one point I was like I don't even know if the show's gonna happen. Oh, wow. And I, re but I remember thinking, well, I've already booked everything. Like, it's yeah. done. Like, everything's moving on as planned. Yeah, yeah. Whether I'm there or not. Like, people are yeah, going to be yeah. there at the show. So I remember thinking to myself, as long as I can make it to seven o'clock on January 30th, I'm going to, like, we're going to do the show. Even in the room with you before the show started, because you and I got there kind of early. And I was like setting stuff up. And it was like an hour till curtain. And I was like, this is going to happen. Like no matter yeah. what, this is going to happen. And the week after the show, cause I had taken, I had taken like a, a, basically a week off before the show and then a week off from work after the show, just cause oh, I was nice. doing, okay. I had family in town and I was yeah. in the middle of the move and then I knew I was going to need to decompress after the show. Yeah. And I, I'll be honest with you. I was very anxious after the show because there were still so many things to do Okay. because I had it filmed. So I had to get, the, okay, all right. I had, so basically what happened was I thought it was going to be this cathartic Ooh, deep done, breath yeah. out sigh of relief. Yeah. And it actually wasn't. It was did incredibly. You, did you feel like immediately afterwards, like, fuck, I wanted, I would like to do this like three to five more times immediately after the show. So after the first show, I was like, oh, I killed it. Like, I was like, I crushed okay. that. And then because I had no point of reference. And then after the second show, I was like, oh, no, that felt better. So it was very interesting to me because I obviously watched both. Yeah. But I felt that the first show was like was almost so emotional and so raw uh, that it um, that it it was very it was a very difficult show. Yeah. Like I don't I wouldn't say one is like better or worse than the other, 
the second show one was definitely more emotional than the yeah other. i yeah. would say the first one was like was like seeing someone opening up a wound yeah and the second show was a little you were a little more distant from it yeah like emotionally i mean like like in a good way you were able to be like this is what happened blah blah but you weren't like overcome with it yeah so in the first one for those yeah. of you listening there's this uh scene at the end where i talk about my last drunk and in the first show it was very hard to even get through the yeah, scene it was very emotional and then in the because i just kept crying and crying and crying and then in the second show i teared up but i didn't actually full-on cry yeah. Which I actually liked better from a performance aspect yeah. because people could see the rawness and the emotion, obviously, because I was tearing up and tears were running down my face. But I wasn't to the point where I couldn't breathe yeah, no, and like, you continue the show. Yeah, because yeah. that's what I felt like as a thing. I was like, oh, wow. Like the first one was like, wow, this is. This is intense and it's a lot. Yeah. Um, and the second one felt like, OK, Brennan's a little further away from it now. But uh, it's still like a living, breathing thing. And I was kind of like, like I almost wish like you had like a two week run or something like yeah. that. Because I was well, like, we're working on it. Yeah. Like, cause I was like, you'll get, you'll be able to be like distant enough from those stories where you still, you're still connected to them, but it's, it's not the first time you're telling it to an audience. Yeah. So that was the so other thing too was. Because this is something that happened in rehearsals. Even in rehearsals and read-throughs, I would cry reading it. Yeah. And then, like I said, I even teared up, obviously, even in the second show. So I think it's one of those things where these stories mean so much to me that no matter what, when I tell them, I will tear up. Yeah, it's emo I mean, they're emotional. They're very emotional. But yeah, that first show with my family being there and stuff, and like, like I had to, like, I'm like... <coughs> yeah, it was, it was tough. Which is hard for the show, because then it's like, well... You feels, almost lose track of where we are on the show because I'm taking away by being so over the top, not even on purpose. I'm taking away from the subject matter of what we're talking about. It's it's not that so much as it's like this weird line between therapy and performance. Yeah. And if it leads too far into therapy or into performance, it doesn't work. Yeah. And so in the second one, I felt like it was able to be a bit more performative because you were like able to be a bit more like... You had gotten through the first one. That's the thing is, you it's know? like, like, oh, I, I know like you had to go through the first. I've one. seen this movie before. To. Yeah, like I know how this is going to end. Yeah, so it was it's like more confident. Well, it's the same thing whenever you watch, and I wouldn't compare my one man show to a great piece of art, but it's like whenever you watch a great piece of art. No, but I remember like the first time I watched Shawshank Redemption, which spoiler alert, when Brooks kills himself. Yeah, that was probably one of the most gut wrenching moments because the whole time you're like, what's he doing? Why is he getting on that chair? What yeah, is he yeah, doing? What is he doing? Yeah. And then he kills himself and you're like, what the fuck just happened? Like, yeah. and I remember as like a 12 year old watching that movie, like freaking out, like crying, like yeah. what happened? What happened? What happened? And then to, you know, I've seen Shawshank Redemption probably a million times since then. Yeah. So now it's still sad, but I, I obviously but know it's yeah, coming. You're distant from it. And that was the same thing with the show was the first time saying it out loud in a room to people. Yes, yes. It was like, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. I'm up here emotional. talking about yeah. it in front of the, my family. But then after I did it one time, I was like, okay, so it. I did it. Yeah, yeah I did it. Yeah, yeah. And then I was able to keep doing it. And that's the other thing, too, is that's one of the things it's weird because there's this real dichotomy. I go back and forth where like w one day, like I put up the clip about me showering in oh, jail yeah, yeah, yeah. and it got like 20,000 views. So nice. I was like, 
I was like, this. I just got to put it out on YouTube and just get the show out there because people are watching the clips. Like, yeah. I just got to put it out there. But then I'll like sit on that for like two hours, and I'm like, I don't want to put it out on YouTube because then I can't submit it to festivals and I can't. But also, do my you thing don't want to do that because uh, you you want to be able to be there for them experience in the first. That's time. the thing. It's like it's like I want to do it how it's meant to be done, which is as a show. Yeah. And it, there's this whole. Back I can understand. In my I can understand because it. I can understand that you like I've done it. Thing, but I will say this: one, if you think about how different it was between the first and second yeah. show, imagine how different it would be between the second and third show. Yeah, and the third, and, and, third fourth, and fourth, and, fourth, and, fourth, and then fifth. and then once it and it it only feels like it's like it's not that there's no difference, but when it's like it's at a point where you you're just like swimming in it. Yeah. And so I think that it would be a shame to have that experience, even if it did get like millions of views and was amazing. You'd still feel like oh, I I wish that experience was in real life. Well, and especially too because once it goes online, it's like it's like with comics in their hour. Like once I put it out on YouTube, even if it gets fifty thousand views, like that's the show. Like I can't yeah. do it again. No, exactly. Because no one's gonna buy a ticket to something they watched online. Yeah, yeah I do think that. Um, yeah, I think that you should save it for festivals. And also, I think that it, like, I think it's great that you filmed it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's great that you well, have it. Well, it's great to have because then and I, I can think just submit people it. Who, I think people who want to see it who won't be able to see it in real life should see it. Like, should see it on Patreon. But I think if you can get it to theaters and get it in real life, it's just a different experience. Yeah, and I have a friend of mine right now, um, a buddy of mine who was in town. You know, we'll keep it really hush hush because it's all still in the pre-planning stages. Yeah. But he was very much like, I know some places where this would resonate a lot. That would be great. And we can try and get it in front of those people. That would be amazing. And I was like, oh, that's the audience it was built for anyway. Yeah. So that, I and mean. And you know, the great thing with a show like this is you don't need anything. You yeah. Know, you just need it's a literally a mic stand and that's it. Yeah. A microphone. And I don't even need a mic stand. Just the no, microphone. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's the that's the great thing is if you could get that into places and people who want to who need to listen to it. Yeah. Um, well, that's the other thing, too, is like even getting. So my biggest concern, obviously, was all the money that we had uh, put into the, the show originally. My biggest concern was like, I can't do another run because I don't have an extra like five grand laying around to do it. But that's the other thing is like if I get get it into a festival, all I would need to do is pay my airfare and bring like a mic with me. Well, the, the but you know what I'm saying? Things, like, it's yeah, not like you might have to put money in, but you will get money out. Yeah. So like and, well, and it's also one of those out. things, too, where it's like, but what I'm saying is like, it's not like I need to I don't need to like transport like entire set pieces no, and no. stages and stuff. Like I could literally show no. up to Edinburgh with a microphone in my backpack and a cord and be like, hey, can I plug into the and sound the, system? The other thing is people t at those kind of festivals, people do talk. Yeah. You know, so if someone was like, yo, I saw this and it was really amazing. That's um like if you can get into that kind of thing you you can get an audience yeah definitely and, um and if you can attract the people who need to see this like there's certain people who will feel more of a connection to the story oh yeah and others and i think um but you know i had a lot of friends who came who never met you yeah who didn't know anything about you I told them kind of a disclaimer about what it was about. You know, like this yeah. isn't, this is, we're not doing stand up. This isn't stand up, but like, this is a director show. This is this, like, you know, um, but everybody loved it. I yeah, mean, it was like, awesome. it really spoke to people. Uh, so 
I think that yeah, I mean, for me, the next step is festivals, and if you can get it to people who want, who yeah, are like. Well, and that's the other thing too is, because it only takes one person to see, and that's the good thing about the clips is it only takes one person to see a clip and go, oh, this looks like a good show. This could be a good, like one yeah. producer, one somebody, yeah. one person. Like, and to I be think like, it'll get there, and I also think that like it, it, it has a lot. Like it's been born, and now it has a life. Yeah, um, which is awesome. Yeah. Thanks to you. Dude, thank you. My pleasure. Great to see you. You too. Plug everything one more time. Talk about. Um, tell everybody where they can find your show and everything like that. Oh yeah, we got. Uh, hopefully, Garbo will be coming to London soon. I am coming uh, to the UK, baby. Yeah. And uh, at the moment, yeah, just stand up Instagram. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks on. for coming on, dude. This dude. was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Great. Everybody, to see you. Uh, thank you so much for listening at BrennanTComedy.com or at BrennanTComedy on all social media. BrennanTComedy.com. Check out the one man show. Patreon.com/slash Brennan Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.